Just give us the trophy already, Premiership Rugby. Sale made it three out of three in the Premiership Rugby Cup on Saturday with a sterling second half performance that saw an overturn, a 10-point deficit to come from behind and beat Wasps 24-20 at the AJ Bell. That win reaffirmed Sale's lead at the top of Pool A and all but guaranteed the Sharks a place in the tournament's semi-finals. My name is Lewis. Welcome back inside the Shark Tank. And to discuss that game and more, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Alex, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. I'm refreshingly positive. We're three from three. Um, rugby's coming home. So what more do you want? <laughs> Excellent start. Uh, before we actually get into the sales stuff, um, because we are very kit-orientated uh, on this uh, podcast, did you see the the news earlier today that England are apparently getting Umbro as their next uh, kit manufacturer? Oh, no, I didn't. That's an interesting one. It's like 90s European football all over again, isn't it? Yeah, what, what's what's old is new again. Yeah. I just thought, I didn't want to drop that one on you. you know, I'm not necessarily giving you a lot of time to prepare, but I just thought, actually, you know, we're talking about, you know, rugby coming home and all the rest of it. It makes sense to, to link that in. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I, I mean, I haven't seen an Umbro kit for ages. I can't even think who they do anymore because they don't really do any rugby kits, I don't think, do they? As far uh, as I'm aware, they don't do any rugby kits at the moment. I think the last one was Ireland in the uh, in the nineties. Oh wow! Okay. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think you know it can't. England kits are traditionally pretty basic, aren't they? And you know, it's put a white shirt and put a rose on it, and kind of don't mess about with it more than that, really. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think the the sort of retroy look would be quite good. Oh look, some kit chat. James is going to be furious. Exactly. We should uh, we should we should make mention of the fact actually that James can't be with us this week because he's currently uh, enjoying sunny Greece uh, and apparently his Wi-Fi connection is uh, too weak to to join up with us. But that's okay because we've got you know something uh, exciting to sort of talk about and hold us over until James is back in a couple of weeks' time. And that's obviously the fact that Sale picked up yet another win in the Premiership Rugby Cup on Saturday afternoon. Alex, what was your sort of immediate? You were at the game obviously, but what was your sort of immediate takeaway? You know, from from the result. Yeah, I think um, in the first minute of the game when we scored a try, I thought, oh, we're going to absolutely walk over these boys. And then it became really difficult in the first half. We didn't play massively well. Wasps really had us at the breakdown. I think their back row um, was all over us. And in fairness, when you look at their back row, Jack Willis, Ashley Johnson and um, Nizam Carr, probably their premiership starting back row. So, you know, with all due respect, that's kind of, you know, you are going to get, done at the breakdown a little bit um so I think that was sort of we really struggled to cope with that in the first half and we went in I think 2010 down um and then in the second half we just seemed to when especially when Will Cliff came on I think that really changed the game because it then meant that he was playing the ball much faster we started moving it better we started holding on to it better um and we got two really clinical finishes from from Denny and that's kind of that was the difference in the end you know it was a it was a relatively tense game, and I thought all the way through we were going to win it. But there was a time in the first half when I went, "How, you know, what's going on here? Wasps actually look all right." But it was a. Di- I, I think my overarching thoughts were a, a decent Wasp side, probably you know near full strength against mm. probably not quite a full strength sale side. Um, you know, you've got some people like Ashton at fullback probably wouldn't wouldn't be first choice anymore red path at 12 um yeah. in the pack quite a lot of changes going around so and i think it was up front where we kind of struggled in this game um so uh, again you know some discouraging moments in that game um in terms of carries breakdown there's you know we didn't quite look as dominant as we have in the last two but a really encouraging result with all the sort of factors considered i think yeah, when I was sort of putting together the, the the prep for the podcast this week, you know, looking at the numbers, you know, I will confess I wasn't there on Saturday. I've just been trying to pick up as much as I can from the highlights and, and, and elsewhere. It does kind of feel like it was a bit of an arm wrestle, you know, Sale taking an early lead, Wasp, you know, sort of biting back, a bit of a frantic start in the first half. And then the game sort of seems to have died off a little bit, sort of around, you know, the 40-minute mark. And then obviously there's a, a big period in the second half where, where nobody scores for 20 minutes. And it's only really the only two scores in the second half, for you know, which both were in Sale's favour, sort of what proved decisive. But do you think, you think sort of like that arm wrestle, sort of attritional style of game is, is probably a fair summary of what we saw? Yeah, I think it's definitely a fair summary of sort of Wasps' um, game because our defence was generally really good. They they um, Their try 
Uh, I think they only yeah they scored. Oh no, they scored one from um, scored one from short range. But their first try when uh, Dion ran through our defence was a really really good piece of play. To be fair, um, not great defence, but for most of the game we we kept them out and they really had to struggle to score. Our game was more that every time we took it into a breakdown. We we either dropped the ball in in contact a, a real a massive amount of times. You know we did it all first half and then we came out first attack of the second half and Sam James dropped it in contact. And um, you know John Ross dropped it about three times in contact, which I think was probably him coming back off you know a pretty long sort of um, closed season that where he's he's not played for a while. Um, so we just made we sort of made our own made our own errors. We didn't dominate the breakdown at all, as I said before. And you know we were dropping balls, um, and Was just had a bit too much intensity for us in attack. But that said, our defence kind of kept us in the game in the first half, and then we went on in the second half. Once we could, you know, put a few phases together, um, yeah. we scored two really really good tries um, in that second half. And I think that was the difference that we eventually just sort of found our feet and. Getting a win out of that game, we didn't really play well enough over the eighty minutes to get the win. We had a really good try first minute, um, which we just seemed to, you know, sort of steamroll them straight out of the blocks. Um, and then two really clinical tries when we started playing twenty minutes from the end. But in that middle period, from when we scored the try to when we scored our second try, we didn't look massively threatening. And Wasp did, to be fair. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a big sort of flip for our defence, um, and it's just it wasn't our attacking structure that was the problem. Although I think Rob Capri is still getting used to that. It was more just the accuracy and you know simple things like catching the ball and keeping hold of it when we went into contact. But the good thing is those are easy fixes. Um, you know that's not something we're going to be seeing every week. Whereas last season, I think when our attacking structure was just not there and we were really struggling to put tries past teams, that was more of a worry. Yeah, and obviously, this is the prevailing sense, it seems, that that is a very encouraging result for Sale in that we didn't necessarily play particularly well. We played maybe not the absolute full-strength Wasp team, but, you know, a pretty good, you know, uh, equivalent. Um, We didn't, you know, we made a lot of mistakes, didn't necessarily play as cohesively as we would have liked to, but we still came out with a win, and we actually did it by coming from behind and and just having that sort of clinical edge in the second half. And it's interesting that you mentioned Will Cliff as having a big impact um, on sales performance, because as we sort of pivot to the three-word reviews, the first one I wanted to mention was Safa Sale Sharks, who said, you know, Cliffy upping tempo, and it seems that that was... uh, you know, a very sort of pertinent uh, <laughs> player to sort of highlight as, as, as making an impact uh, on the game. But before we come come back to, to Will Cliff in our roundabout way, we'll go through some other of the three-word reviews that yourself, the listener, has been sending in uh, earlier today. Uh, Alex Featherington, hopefully semis bound, but there'll be a little bit on that uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, Luke, bound away. David Davis, got better eventually. Richard Lilly, good bench impact. Gavin Barber, experience off bench. Getting a sense that, you know, things really did change in the second half. Uh, Jamie McAndrew, fantastic crowd numbers. A little bit more on that later uh, as well. Sea of Gold, squeaky bum time. And Simon Edge, uh, Acker, legend awaiting. Alex, it's interesting that your sort of analysis of the game seems to come back to what a lot of our, you know, listeners and, and, and followers on Twitter have sort of been highlighting as well, which is that, Really feels like we started to turn the screw a little bit more in the second half when you had the likes of Will Cliff come on, and you mentioned Cliff off the top of the show. You know, can you expand a little bit on on what impact Cliff made in 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 terms of sales performance and attacking structure, uh, especially in relation to Sylvain Ambrose Papier, who we were talking a lot about last week. Yeah, I think what happened from from my perspective, and and this may you know people may not not agree with this, but what it looked like to me was that. When Papier was playing, when he was picking the ball up from the base, he was taking quite a while to ship it. And Wasp were playing this really aggressive defence where they were straight off the line and there was loads of calls for offside. But I think it was just that Papier was picking the ball up and not passing it straight away. So as soon as he picked the ball up, they moved. And then it looked like they were offside by the time he passed it. Um, was pr- From my point of view, anyway, that may not be right. Uh, people with better eyesight may, may know better. But that was what I could see. So... When Cliff came on, and I think he had a slight advantage in that we got a little bit more go forward with the likes of Phillips coming on for Postlethwaite, and um, I think Rod, 
and Weber came on and sort of brought a bit more impact. Um, but when Cliff came on, he was moving the ball away from the base really quickly, and that allowed us to get outside their sort of intense defence. And I think their defence probably dropped off a bit in the second half as well. And for me, that's what where the game changed is that Cliff moved the ball really quickly. He just shifted it straight away, and then Dupree could get it you know, behind a runner or, you know, Redpath was taking it up as first receiver and pulling it back to Dupree and then we're around the outside. And that's how we, you know, you see that, that both of those tries come from getting around the outside of, of the Wasps' defence. We weren't really going through them. Their tackling was really good. Their intensity was really good. And their close defence, we just couldn't get through. And I think that was the issue in the first half, that with Papier, we were sort of, you know, taking a while to move the ball and our first receivers were just getting hammered every time. And... You know, when they weren't getting hammered, they were dropping the ball in contact, uh, even though they, you know, not, and, and that was sort of them running at, at the loss defence. So I think, you know, when Cliff came on, for me, that was the difference that we just got the speed of ball a little bit quicker. And it was because he was moving it away from the base straight away. You know, there was no, um, there was no sort of faffing about with it. And genuinely, to, to World Cliff's credit, that is, he made a massive impact on the game, I think. I think there's other um, people off the bench who had an impact, so Phillips would be particularly one um, that I would mention. Um, but, and McGuigan had quite a lot of impact coming on on the wing, although Marlon Yard, I thought, played well and probably shouldn't have come off. Um, but, yeah, for me, Cliff was the real difference maker in that game, and he just changed our pace of play, which is... You know, really encouraging as a squad because it's what Papier came on and did two weeks ago against Northampton yeah. um, when when Gus War had started. So you look at that depth in that squad and, and I think we were talking about the bench and I think that's the biggest thing that we are in a game where we were getting beat and we weren't really creating the attacking opportunities we needed to score points. So we used the bench to really good effect to create those attacking opportunities and score points. And, you know, that's what we've got this season. We've got that squad. And I think, you know, credit to Steve Diamond. I don't know whether, you know, sometimes subs work, sometimes subs don't. But um, the timing of when he brought Cliff on worked really, really well. And I think you have to credit him for that because too often we've criticised him for leaving people on the bench. And actually, from my perspective, the way he used his subs in this game was was really, really good. So, And we've talked about that before, haven't we? Will he be able to use his subs? Will he be able to use this whole squad? Um, it was a pretty good start, I thought. Um, and, you know, we should have played better. We shouldn't We shouldn't have been needed to use the bench. But the fact that we've been tested and did, I think, will set us in really good stead for the start of the season. Yeah, and it is interesting that from this game there seems to be a, quite a cohesive narrative building up, which is that obviously Sales sort of laboured a little bit to, to sort of little effects, you know, for the first sort of 60 minutes, you know, you bring someone like Cliff on, the game opens up a little bit, you know, McGuigan comes on for yard, and all of a sudden there are those opportunities out wide, and that leads us very nicely, uh, you know, to discuss, you know, Solomona's, you know, first try, which is, you know, again, very sort of simple, you know, uh, out the back play, but it's playing with precision, it's playing with quickness, obviously it gets across to Sam James, and James is the one who's able to make the line break. It goes to Beaumont and then it goes to Solomona. I think you, you're sort of reminded that this is a Premiership Rugby Cup game when you see the tackle that gets put in on Solomona because it was genuinely one of the worst tackles I think I've ever seen. Um, I don't want to shame anyone. I think it might have been Wollstoneholm, which is the Wasp scrum half, who gets uh, absolutely nowhere near Solomona. Um, you know, it's like a like a hot knife through butter. But Solomona basically just goes straight past him. Uh, and it's actually, it ultimately ends up being quite an easy score for him, even with a dog who coming down, um, you know, to sort of close close the opportunity off. But like you said, Alex, is you know, it's very sort of like, it's quick hands, it's, it's, you know, precise movement, it's good line running, and it's, you know, good heads-up play. You know, James getting the offload off to Beaumont, Beaumont shipping the ball on Solomona. And then obviously... We could say the defending wasn't the best, but it's still a very good finish from Solomona, who has to beat a man, you know, outright, stand him up, and then, you know, still convert with the, with you know, with the covering winger coming back. And I think it's it's interesting as well that there appears to be a lot of set plays that we ran that obviously had someone like Van Rensburg in mind rather than Cam Redpath. A lot of sort of first phase ball um, going out to. Uh, Redpath, who is, you know, he's more of a playmaker rather than, a, you know, a, a sort of a brute runner. I did notice as well, actually, for Van der Merwe's try uh, in the opening couple of minutes, actually off the back of that, when Papi's trying to get it off the ball, um, we have Redpath lined up as first receiver again. You know, something we've seen Van Rensburg use when he's, you know, sort of in that red zone, and it sort of hints a little bit as how we're going to play this year with Van Rensburg as his, you know, bruising ball carrier. 
and then with the players around him, you know, to play out the back. So it's kind of nice that, you know, we keep talking about depth, we keep talking about um, alternative, you know, tactics and game plans and being able to sort of, you know, um, change our approach on the fly to suit the game. And it kind of feels like, we you know, we saw a lot of instances in this game uh, that, that sort of prove we're, we're building a squad and a, and a team that's capable of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what Cam Redpath had a really, really good game for me because he did something that I think, you know, he he took it in the first receiver a lot and I thought he would ship it behind. Um, so he, he'd take it in the first receiver. He usually had Sam James or someone coming in on the, on the run close to him. And I thought he'd ship it behind to Rob Dupree to go wide quite a lot. But actually, he took it up loads of times. And you see from the second Solomona try um, that he takes it up and makes a line break. And I think what Redpath gives you is he is a, you know, for for how old he is? Is he 20 now, I think? Um, or still, still 19? Um, Let's do some very quick research. Yeah, I'll keep talking. You you look up. But for how old he is for, to be that physical? And I think what he offers that probably Van Rensburg... Um, doesn't quite need as much as it just has that little bit of footwork before contact and that's why it looks like you know he gets to make those breaks um because he just moves, shifts a little bit and actually to be fair you know Johnny Ross was taking it in and dropping the ball and getting it stripped off him Cam Redpath age 19 was taking it in and I don't think he lost it once he, he had a really really good game and it's just got that he's got the physical presence to play 12 but he's got that distribution and he he looks a real sort of second option to Van Rensburg to me. I, I can't. I think he's absolutely Premiership standard from watching him on um, on Saturday. Yeah, just to interject quickly, you you were right. Cameron Redpath is nineteen and was born in Narbonne in France, which is uh, another interesting fact. Yeah, that would have been where Brian was at that point. Mm-hmm. I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, Learned a lot about Sales Academy players over the last couple of weeks. Thank yeah. You. Yes, I know. Oh, did you see we got a uh, tweet back from him? We, we should mention it again, yeah. Um, I, I honestly think a Twitter account for his legs is, is in the works, but he, we just need a couple more sort of solid pictures and then and then I'll get it going. Um, I mean, some an anonymous person will get it going. Don't associate that with me. Um, yeah, but back to the game. Um, yeah, I, Cam Redpath um, definitely taking it up into contact. Massive, massive sort of strength in contact but then being able to move it as well um he's a really good player but that that's that last try just the way he goes through the gap and then to get the offload away and then the hands from ben curry to move it back inside solomona it's world class that was a brilliant brilliant try and it was under you know a fair amount of pressure because we needed to score um we hadn't you know we were playing much better at that point but we still hadn't played that well all game um and you know to to sort of execute that and that be that clinical um, is really really impressive, and I think you know it's 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 really encouraging for the season. The whole you know the the squad depth we've said for ages, you know, Sale haven't had the squad depth for a long time. We now have it, and I think that's what Saturday proved. That you know you look at the players we've got. We've got Will Cliff coming off the bench, changing the game. Who's probably our third choice nine, you know, at the moment. Um, mm. We've got Cam Redpath, who's an academy kid, age nineteen, um, playing probably one of the best players in the match for me at 12. Um, and then, you know, on the wings, we had Solomon and Yard starting with McGuigan coming off the bench. That's three internationals with, you know, Ashton at fullback. It's just, you know, we've left Simon Hammersley and giving him a break. It's all working really well. And I think, you know, I, I'm not, I'm trying not to get too excited, but it is really encouraging. And you can't, you can't sort of deny that. There are obvious issues and maybe we'll come crashing down to earth against Gloucester, but, the way it's going at the moment, I think we've had the perfect setup, and this was against a good Wasp side, as I say. You know, um, when you look at their lineup, the back row was first choice. You had Le Bourgeois and Diong in centre, who were their starting players last season. You had Kibirigi, um on the wing with Dogwu, and I can't remember who was at fullback. Rob, Rob Miller oh, at fullback. Rob Miller. Yeah. Um, so you know, these are these are players who you know Premiership standard virtually. Are. There's not many people who are going to come in for them. I suppose Josh Bassett is um, is the main one for Wasp to come in, and Marcus Watson. Um, but you know, it was a really, really, it was a very good Wasp team um, for me. So I, I I think it's really encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Um, always like to stick the knife in when it comes to Wasps. I mean, yeah. it is you know a little bit depressing that actually you look at their team and that's probably not far off what they're going to be rolling out in the Premiership. You know, I think. Like you said, there's only a handful of players, especially in that back line. Maybe Jimmy Gopp has come in for Umaga as well. I know he's very highly rated. Um, but 
you know, it, it, you know, like like you said, it's not far off. You know, the team that was might might end up rolling out. You know, for the first couple of weeks in the Premiership. Um, and just to, to, talking about the tries as well, like it's the decisiveness that we're seeing from from Sale, and we've seen it for the first three games um, as well. Like you know, unsung hero of the game for me was was, was uh, Josh Beaumont, who I thought, um, sorry, not Josh Beaumont, who was. Um, I know, sorry, no, ignore me. It was Josh yeah. Beaumont, and um, we took the ball off Sam James um, for uh, for Solomon's first try. You know, see, you know, he 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 gets the ball. You know, James has made the line break, and it's just it's the. Decisive decisiveness in immediately shipping the ball out wide to Solomon. You know, there's no sort of waiting. There's no sort of oh, you know, should I take it myself and draw the man? It's just get the ball out to your, you know, your the best finisher in the squad and let him do his thing. And it's, you know, I can't speak for the entire game, but it kind of feels like Sailor playing at the moment with this confidence that they're confident in the players around them. They're confident in the team strategy and they're playing in a way that speaks. To the fact that they know what their strengths is, and a lot of that is, you know, throwing the ball around. Then you look at Solomon's second try, which all starts with Cam Redpath. It's decisiveness again in Redpath taking the ball as first receiver and then hitting the line hard. I think you can attribute some of some of the success there. I think it's Juan De Jong uh, for Wasps, who's absolutely miles away from the play. Uh, he joins the line and it gets nowhere near Redpath. But again, it's kind of you, you force the opposing team into mistakes when you play with authority and you play with decisiveness and, and confidence. And it, it certainly didn't seem like it was Sales, you know, uh, most purple patch, you know, on, on on Saturday. But it definitely seemed like they're playing with sort of vigor um, and, like I said, like some you know ambition that suits the players that we have in our team. And and you know, we, we're sort of seeing the just rewards of that. Um, We've obviously sort of mentioned, you know, quite a few sort of individual performances. I know Solomon is scoring two, um, Will Cliff as well. Was there anyone else that sort of caught the eye on Saturday, you know, in and around, you know, what Sale did well or, or perhaps what Sale didn't do uh, so well? Yeah, um, Danny was man of the match, I think, um, in the ground and fully deserved two brilliant and taken tries. Um, and generally looks, you know, back to his sort of clinical best, which is good. Uh, Cliff, I've already mentioned. Redpath, I've already mentioned. Um, I think Sam James looked a lot better than he has the last, certainly in the last game. Um, so that's that's good because you know he's probably our, well, he's definitely our first choice outside centre. But um, there's probably not a lot behind him apart from you know say Redpath. Um, so yeah, he looked really good. Um, I think in the pack. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Ben Curry was awesome as usual. That is absolutely no surprise. Um, Beaumont at eight game suited him I think I don't think he's the answer now we've got both Debris I think he's a better lock but did allow Postlethwaite to come in who had a decent game you know nothing spectacular but it's very hard to stand out in the second row I think Um, and then in the front row uh, Aka van der Merwe had a really good game Um, you know sort of carrying was was decent Uh, line out throwing especially virtually no issues a couple went astray but I think as as his first start um, at home, I think he did start last week, didn't he? Um, yeah, it's the first time I've seen him start. He um, he looked really solid because we were a bit worried about that line out for him, but it held up over the course of the game. Um, and then yeah, that was kind of it. The the pack didn't have a great game, uh, if I'm honest. And I think I don't think that's harsh. I think they they got beaten by a very good wasp pack. That's not sort of you know. Um, it's not not give them any credit as it were um but you know there are some some decent individual performances um but ben curry was the one who really looked sort of you know class above and i think um it still baffles me that he's not in japan um i think he will definitely be there in four years time wherever um wherever it is i can't remember off the top of my head um but it's it's our it's our sort of uh, our gain in england's loss to me um so yeah i think that would be my sort of summary redpath and cliff excellent um solomona excellent at the crucial time in the pack some good performances but just a slightly stronger wasp pack on the day uh, i think Right, I've got three players uh, that you haven't mentioned that I wanted to ask your opinions of from from Saturday's game. Obviously, some some big names coming back into the sales squad. Um, 
Marlon Yard making a long-awaited uh, return uh, from injury. It was uh, almost a year to the day that uh, he actually was first uh, first injured against Newcastle, and that was him completing his rehab with the game on, on Saturday. Um, John Ross, as well, like you said, you, you may mention the fact that he came back from from sort of quite a long off-season, having had, uh, I think, shoulder surgery. And then Corny Oysthazen, as well, who, uh, who uh, made his debut for sale uh, coming off the bench, interesting, interestingly, as a tight head rather than a loose head, but I think it's becoming apparent that Sale are probably going to use him sort of as a second or third choice um, loose head for this season, given how high they are on, on Bevan Rod, um, and also sort of a, a utility player on the other side of the scrum as well as a, as a tight head, because he is able to play both, although, uh, as I understand it, his speciality is, is loose head. But so I've I sort of picked out three players there. Let, let's start with Royce Tazen, you know, who has the sort of smaller sample size. You know, what was your sort of first impressions of, of him? Uh, yeah, solid, typical South African prop. Didn't really take any backward steps in the scrum. The scrum was a little bit dodgy all day. Don't think Ross and Wilgriff John had the best day, and I think he shored it up a little. Um, didn't get a massive chance to make much impact from memory, so I think we'll see more of him probably against Irish, uh, I would hope. Um, but yeah, he, he looks very solid. He looks a decent player. You know, he, I think he is he's really, really good for the sort of squad um composition. I think he really gives us what we need. Um whether he will, you know, become a, a starter is remains to be seen. I think, you know, he's clearly got the quality. Um but yeah, genuinely didn't have a massive amount of chance to make impact. Um but certainly didn't do uh, put a foot wrong. Um I think. So uh, a very positive first outing and hopefully we see more of him next week or the week after. Yeah, I've done myself a disservice there because I haven't actually mentioned Valerie Morozov as part of the, the Lucev combination. I knew I was forgetting somebody. But yeah, very interesting to see how Sale do use Cornelius Tazen uh, as the season goes on, given that Sale, in theory, have two players in, in um, Harrison and Morozov at Loosehead uh, and two players in Wilbur John and Joe Jones at Tighthead. And Jake um, Cooper, will he? And Jake. And, and, and of course, yeah. Jake We've got Cooper props to bloody cobble dogs with, mate. We're laughing. Mm. Although don't cobble dogs with your props, that's not encouraged by this podcast. Well, um, that, that's it. You actually, you such has been sales recruitment driver over the summer. You do forget some of the players that we've signed, yeah. you know, yeah. over the last couple of months. And obviously, Morozo coming in as a mid-season signing, and now he's been someone that has perhaps unfairly been overlooked. So, and, and obviously, Adam Oistazen, who came in sort of as as one of our last signings of the summer, well, after all the sort of big pieces had been announced. You know, it just sort of, you know, is a testament to just how much strength and depth that we now have, you know, especially uh, in a position that, that you know, two positions that a couple of seasons ago were, were probably our biggest uh, biggest concerns. Um, so, yeah, lots of props for, for sale. Probably uh, fewer amounts of John O'Ross uh, in, across the entire sale squads, uh, as invaluable and as irreplaceable as he is. But what did, what did you make of John O'Ross, the captain, making, it, making his return from injury uh, on Saturday? Yeah, um, he took a little while to warm up into the game, I think. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, although he scares the life out of me. So, you know, if he hears this, sorry, Jono. Um, he, he just, you know, some quite a few dropped, a uh, couple of dropped catches, quite a few lost in contact. He was ever willing as ever to take those runs. His tackling was absolutely on point, as it always is. Um, and I think it was probably just, a, a, as we say, a long off-season Um he was trying to make the carries that he sort of got so good at last season and they just weren't quite coming off. But that was also partly, I think, what thinking about it now, it may also have been due to the fact that he was playing with Papier for the first time. Um, and I think he looked a bit better when Cliff came on. Um, so maybe that's just going to take a bit of time to um, to sort of, you know, gel that, that sort of relationship because he always takes it off at pace, off the scrum half into, you know, into that sort of, two out man so um but he you know he he does what Johnny Ross does he's still an absolutely brilliant captain he is an absolutely brilliant defender his carries um just a little bit more accuracy and he'll be fine so a really encouraging return didn't show any signs of sort of um any hangover from the injury if if so to speak because he looked absolutely knackered last game of last season um so that's really encouraging yeah I think um my overall assessment would be He'll be absolutely fine. Just you know, a, a typical sort of pre-season game for him, I think. Um, so yeah, really encouraging. Not his best game. I think he'll be happy with me saying that. But it's because he's got set such high standards for himself. Exactly. That you know, you're sort of like, well, he's 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 going to have to be 
bloody incredible to match that. So yeah, I'm judging him against past John o. Ross, and I know he will be as good as that again because he's just immense. And you know, I've always said uh, if there was one guy I'd want fighting alongside me in, in the trenches, it's him. He's the kind of guy who will pull the team through thick and thin, and when it gets hard, he'll be there. So you know, absolutely. Really excited to see him back, um, and hopefully by the time the Gloucester game comes around, um, I don't, I don't anticipate there being any issues, and I would, without hesitation, start him in the Gloucester game because I think we need a leader in that game for sure. Um, but that's the luxury of it now. We have the two Duprees, um who I walk past and are massive, um, absolutely terrifying. I'm six foot three, as you know. We're not small blokes, and they are huge. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, we've got a lot of options in that back row, but I would definitely be having John and Ross there every day of the week, um, regardless. Absolutely. I think Rusty is the is the word that yes. I've been looking yeah. for there. Yeah. yeah. In Very a word, well well, well summarised, mate. A little rusty. <laughs> But he'll be back. Uh, obviously, you know, somebody who we could definitely uh, forgive for being a little bit rusty on the rugby field is is Marlon Yard. Uh, but before you sort of, um, you know, sort of provide an assessment of how Yard got on, I, I you know, must admit from what I've seen, he looked lively. You know, he sort of, you know, back to his sort of usual self in, you know, being a bit of a live wire in the back line, somebody who can, you know, run sideways, but, you know, sort of make a positive impact out of that sort of, um, the, the, you know, that sort of movement on the pitch. Must admit, you know, looking back at um, at uh, one of Wasp's tries, um, I think I, I think it was the Walston home one at eleven minutes in. It, it kind of does look a bit like um, you know Yard gets caught out a little bit. He's a little bit flat-footed. You know, he sort of cro- you know intersects with with Sam James, and I think you you know watching it back, it kind of looks like it's Yard who's got his positioning wrong, not Sam James. And obviously, kind of you know kind of be. Um, to be expected, especially from a, as dynamic an attacking player as Yard is. We we know that wingers don't necessarily make the best defenders, um, and you know Yard is a, is a solid defender, but it's not necessarily his forte. It did kind of look like on that play, you know, if he if he'd been playing for three or four weeks in a row, his positioning might be a little bit better, and they don't necessarily get to the outside as easily as they do. Um, but apart from that, you know, completely you know sort of understandable and forgivable um, sort of maybe a positional error. You know, just sort of looked like there was absolutely sort of no real sort of hangover from from what was a very very serious injury that 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 genuinely threatened his career. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, watching that first try back, you are right. I think he is caught slightly out of position, and and you know it's a good bit of play by De Jong to get round him. But attacking wise, every time he got the ball, the crowd, you know, when Jason Robinson used to get the ball at Edgeley Park, and everyone sort of started you could hear it you could hear it when he got the ball he's such an exciting player to watch he was going at people as he used to yeah definitely no hangover from the injury didn't quite get the opportunities but he got taken off before we really started looking good attacking wise um which was a bit of a shame for him I thought because McGuigan came on and I probably would have had it's difficult now because you know Ashton was playing fullback but I don't think Ashton had an amazing game at fullback. He, I think we were probably sort of just testing him out to make sure he can play there. Um, but I, I really would have liked to see Yard get a bit longer. But it's his first game back. Totally sensible. Probably, I'm assuming, and agreed um, to take him off at that point. Um, he's in back into it. But yeah, he, he looked really, really good. Really, just back to exactly how he was before. Um, you know, beating players. Really strong runner. Um, and I think that the best thing for me was just hearing the crowd reaction every time we got the ball. The first time we got the ball, it is it's a massive sort of. It's such a shame that he missed so much of last season. Um, and hopefully, you know, he's heard that and realizes that people, you know, genuinely just, you know, the impact the guys made in in what half a season, and then he got injured at the start of last season, um, is is massive. And I think it's really really encouraging. And yeah, another one who a really strong return from injury to him and. I think it's unfair that he wasn't on the pitch when we were playing our best attacking rugby because we probably would have bagged the try. Um, but yeah, he, he looked really good, really good. And just very excited to see more of him over the season as well. Absolutely. Well, fingers crossed he might get a chance to play uh, next week as he continues his injury rehab. Uh, a sale travel down to London Irish. Um, I know, obviously, whilst we've been doing these Premiership rugby, uh, you know, sort of cup recaps, we've not really been doing a focus on on the opposition because of the nature of the competition. So we are just going to sort of talk very generally about that game. Um, 
Alex, what's your thoughts about Sale London Irish being the um, dedicated derby game that all the teams have to play as <laughs> their fourth uh, in the competition? Absolutely mental, isn't it? I don't, I don't know what goes on at Premiership Rugby and who who decides these things, but clearly someone thought that was fine. They probably don't know where Sale is, to be honest. And BT Sports seems to have enough difficulty making their way up the M6, so. Um, Oh, that was that was a bit catty, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, don't, I don't really care. I never mind. You know, it's 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 a it's a very strange decision, but kind of we've not got that many derbies left, and Wasps is probably our biggest derby at the moment, so we've already played them. Yeah, I think I think Wasps is actually geographically our closest team now. Yeah, and and we also hate them, so that, that's handy. Uh, they don't hate us. We just sat up being bitter in the north. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it'll be an interesting game. I'm quite interested to see how London Irish go this season. There's some massive signings. Um, you know, Wysak and Yaholo on the wing is just mental um, at London Irish, so fair play to them. Um, I think it will be... I, I, it's one I would expect us to win again, and I think we should go with a relatively strong team looking ahead to Gloucester in two weeks' time. Um, I, it's very hard to get excited about because we're not going to be able to see any of it, are we? It's mm-hmm. sort of... It's a bit distressing, really. Um, you know, so I'll get a load of BBC Sport notifications. I'll probably follow it on Twitter um, with the club tweeting the, as we go along. Um, and we'll watch the highlights and we'll have to come back next week and try and put a pod together out of it. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to get excited about, isn't it? Because it's not... It, it, it's exciting because we're in with a shout in this competition um, and the result will be really interesting. Um but it's hard to look forward to the game because you know we're not going to see any of it. So if Premiership Rugby could organise a live stream somewhere, that would be ideal. I don't know whether Bet365 is working for the Premier Rugby Cup. I haven't actually tried it yet. But um, if anyone knows, please tweet me and tell me <laughs> or tweet us and tell us. Um, yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm sort of ambivalent about it. I'm looking forward to finding out what we do and I think we should win. But I, I just it's hard to get excited about a game that you're ne- literally never going to be able to see more than two minutes of. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult as well because I'm looking at... So, uh, last week, you know, London Irish played Bristol. They got beat 44-27 at Ashton Gate. You know, looking down the Irish team, you know, the, the, there's no Adam Coleman. There's no... Uh, we're seeking Naholo. You know, there's no Curtis Roma. You know, the, the, there's none of these players that, you know, have been brought in to sort of pad out their, um, you know, premiership team, you know, for, for the season and sort of make a real go of it. It's a very youthful team, very... Um, you know, sort of very sort of academy focused. You know, Stephen Myler, sort of the old head in the in, in the back line. Um, so, like you said, it is very kind of difficult to get excited for because you just don't know what team Irish are going to put out. You know, it might be you know a clash between you know two teams full of former Tier One internationals. It might be you know Sale sending a pretty strong team out uh, against a pretty weak um, Irish team, a bit like it was at Saracens a couple of weeks ago. Um, but obviously, the sort of key focus for Sale at the moment is that we are in a very, very strong position in the Premiership Rugby Cup. I've been sort of crunching the numbers on it a little bit. As it stands, you know, we are the first seeds. We have the most points of any team uh, in the competition. We have 14. Quinn's a second with 13. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the format, um, the winners of each of the three pools go through to the semi-finals, and the best-placed runner-up um, out of any of the pool pools uh, will also join them as, as the fourth seed. As it stands, and look, I do not want to get ahead of myself here, it does look like Sale not only, I don't want to say guaranteed, but the kind, you know, they're sort of very close to to, have, to having had their place in the semi-finals guaranteed. There's also a very, very good chance uh, that they will go through as one of the top two seeds. Um, if Sale win with the tri-bonus point on Saturday, um, they will be the first seed, no doubt about it. If Sale win without a uh, tri-bonus point, there's still a very good chance of them being the first seeds again, um, as it take a, a, you know, Quinn's picking up a tri-bonus point um, win to even catch them, and then it comes down to points difference. The flip side of that as well is that even if Sale lose on Saturday, there's still a really good chance of them going through, um, even without a losing bonus point. Um, Saracens potentially could catch them um, and go through as the pool winners. Um, and obviously then it's Quinns and it's Exeter Chiefs who have uh, 10 points as the other two teams who are sort of in the in the seed spots at the moment. 
But even then, you know, still weren't to, to, to pick up any points out of the out of the Irish game. There's a good chance they may still get through to the semi-finals as the best place to runner up, or even as a pool winner and then go through as the third seed. So it's kind of it's a bit of an awkward one because obviously there's still a lot of permutations. We had a couple of people asking us about it on Twitter. You know, does this guarantee X, Y, Z? And unfortunately, we can't necessarily say for certain. But if Sale win. If they win on Saturday, they're absolutely guaranteed um, uh, a home uh, a semi-final, probably a home semi-final as well, um, depending on how everything shakes out elsewhere. Um, and even if they lose on Saturday, they've still got a better than not chance of getting through to the semi-finals and potentially still even being one of the first, one of the top two seeds that would get a home semi-final. I also did a bit of digging uh, into the uh, the depths of the Premiership Rugby website. Uh, and as it stands, um, when it comes to the semi-finals, the teams are seeded one to four. Obviously, the top two seeds will get a, a home semi-final. Um, and then, if it goes through, if the two um, the two teams with the home semi-finals go through to the final, it's whichever team is um, seeded higher originally that would get the um, the home final. So, the long and short of it is that if Sale beat London Irish on Friday on uh, on Saturday. They've guaranteed themselves a home semi-final, um, and they've probably guaranteed themselves a home final as well. If should they get through um, the semi-final stage, so it's it's all sort of very exciting. You know, it, it all goes back to what Sale have done in the first three rounds of the competition. You know, three out of three, two try bonus points on top of that as well. They're in an extremely strong position uh, at the moment, and it would sort of take everything conspiring against us and to not get a home semi-final, and even more. Uh, conspiring against them um, to not even make the same finals at all. So I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but Sale, you know, are in a very, very strong position, which makes Saturday's game quite exciting, even if London Irish um, are a bit of an unknown in terms of what type of team they put out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know whether it's going to pull through on the audio, but there's a little blip then, which was James popping up from Rhodes with um, his team for next week. So I suppose that sort of takes us nicely onto that, doesn't it? Um, so if you heard that, then um, you know that's James' proof that he's committed to this podcast even when he's got no Wi-Fi in Rhodes. And if you didn't hear that, then um, I've just you know there's a little glimpse behind the curtain for you. Um, so I, should we just go down James's team and we can sort of yeah. agree or disagree, I guess. Um, so front row, Kenny Ustase and Rob Webber, Joe Jones. Um, I like the sound of that. I don't know whether it will be the team, but I like the sound of it. Um, just on that, has has Joe Jones played any uh, minutes in competition? Thinks I don't think so. I don't know, but I don't think so. Mm. Um, I haven't. I don't recall seeing him. Uh, he definitely didn't play the first game because he was sat near me. <laughs> but I <laughs> uh, don't know about the other two. Um, yeah, I know. I agree with that. I think get Rob Weber back in. Um, interesting to see season one. And, um, yeah, I think Joe Jones needs some game time. Although my only point would be that Will Richon didn't have a great game on Saturday, so maybe chance to give him another game to get back into it. I think. Um, any thoughts on that, or shall we head over to the second row? I uh, would like to see Ustazen get a chance at one, especially with Morozov being with Russia. Um, Rob Webber probably makes sense coming in at two. Um, and Joe Jones, obviously... Jake Cooper-Woolley, I think, started against Saracens. Uh, Wilgriff John started last week. So maybe there's an injury there. We don't know. Um, but obviously, that might be the only sort of impediment to that. Yeah, certainly. Um, so we will see. I don't know about that, but we'll kind of have a little dig. Um, second row, Postlethwaite and Phillips for James. I It's uh, okay, but I'm not sure who would do the line-out in that case, unless we put Ross as our main jumper, which James has got in his team. Um, I think Beaumont at eight last week. Okay, but not the future. Certainly, when we've got both Dupree's and more, um, so I think for me, I would probably be tempted to have Beaumont back in the second row, unless we want to give him a break out of Gloucester. Not sure. Bryn Evans played most of the game last week and looked his usual self, excellent in the lineout, mobile around the field. Um, yeah, so I would, I would probably have Beaumont back in the second row instead of Phillips. I think Postlethwaite deserves another shot, um, and Phillips looked fine last week. He came off the bench and. Looked his usual self, so I don't think there's any need to get him up to speed. Um, but at the same time, Postlethwaite and Phillips back uh, second row would be um, heavyweight and good for the scrum, I think as well. Nice balance as well between Postlethwaite, who's a little bit, a little bit lankier, you know, someone who can, you know, sort of be a little bit more active in the air compared to someone like James Phillips, um, who's obviously 
there to sort of provide the grunt and the sort of like blast in, in, in the mall and sort of around the park. So yeah, obviously that's a combination that would make a lot of sense, but obviously again, having Beaumont on the bench and not including Bryn Evans, you know, in, yeah, we've got a lot of options. <coughs> yep. As usual, there's always, um, there's always more. Um, in the back row for James, Sean Lee Dupree, John O'Roth, Sam Moore, um, I, I get the Sam Moore thing. I didn't come off the bench, which was disappointing because I really wanted to see him. Um, but yeah, I think the back row is just, you're never going to be able to predict what's going on because we've got about 17 different players, haven't we? So um, yeah, that'd be a great back row, but whether it'll, it could be anything, could be a combination of any, any 50 of them. Um, so unless you've got anything else, we'll go on to nine and 10, I guess. Yeah. Uh, James has gone Cliff and Curtis. Um, Cliff, I think, deserves a start probably. Um, Tom Curtis is an interesting one. He was on the bench for CLFC at the weekend and they got battered by Roston Park, um, which I think, you know, is, is it's... Um, he, clearly, you know, to go from beating Sarries at Allianz Park to being on the bench for CLFC is, is interesting, but um, whether he comes back in, I don't know. Um, I think Rob Dupree will still be involved. I think he needs a bit more time to bed into the attacking structure. Um, so for me, I'd probably have Cliff and Dupree. Um, but I would really like to see Curtis. I think he's clearly a very good player, so um, yeah. we will we will see. I think, yeah, I mean, if, if, if we're sort of thinking that Sale are just trying to rotate all their first-team squad to at least get a couple of games starting under the belts, that would make sense for Cliff to start, because obviously Gus War started, Papi has started. Um, you know, you, again, Cliff going to be a key, key player this year, so it makes sense. And Tom Curtis, I mean, had a fantastic game against Saracens. Um I am of the opinion that your 10 should probably be the ever-present in your bat line. Um, and obviously, with McGinty not being here, it, I think it made maybe a bit more sense to have Dupria play uh, yet another game, starting playing the full 80 minutes and let everyone else rotate around him because you kind of need a bit of consistency there. But I also see the um, you know the, the appeal of giving Tom Curtis some more meaningful game time, especially given that he looks quite an exciting prospect. You know, Kieran Wilkinson probably would have played if he'd been fit. You know, it's it's that sort of that sort of game and opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so James has gone centres, Bam Rensberg and Luke James, um, which I generally agree with. I think, although I would quite like to see Cam Redpath again, but I think Luke James hasn't had a much game time, so definitely get him in, and probably worth giving Rohan another little run out pre Gloucester. Uh, I reckon. Yeah. So I think you know I'll I'll agree with him there. Yeah, I, I, kind of hard to disagree. Again, sort of torn with Van Rensburg. Do we wrap him in cotton wool? Do we get him playing match? You know, get get him playing match minutes. Kind of like the idea of playing him for forty five minutes and taking him off and you know looking after him for a couple of weeks. So I guess that would you know lend itself quite well to you know to to, to this game against Irish. Yeah, absolutely. And then back three of McGuigan, Roebuck and Hammersley. Uh, definitely agree with Hammersley. I don't think Ashton's the answer. Um, good to have him as an option, but he's a winger. Um, yeah, McGuigan deserves some game time. Love to see Roebuck, but I would probably rather start Yard again, personally. James has him on the bench as the um, as the number 23, the last change. So uh, I probably would start Yard and have Roebuck on the bench yeah, very, very difficult. Again, we've got so many options. Yeah. Kind of want to see Chris Ashton, you know, get get some more game time, familiarity. If he's going to be our starting, uh, one of our starting back three. You know, he obviously had a bit of a stop-start season last year. So as many, you know, first team minutes you can get under, get under yourself. That's that's probably the best. Um, don't really know why we're not talking about Denny Solomon playing fifteen. I think that would be quite. A good one. <laughs> can we we're, put that rumor to bed? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a rumour, it was in the Times. Yeah, I know, well, <laughs> it was. It, it doesn't need to happen and I don't need to see it, thanks very much. My heart, I, it'll take about 10 years off my life expectancy. I think that would be that would definitely be the ultimate power move from Sale, given our strong position in the competition. They might think, you know what, we, we've, in theory, got nothing to lose here. Let's give Solomon that run out of 15 that the fans so desperately want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're going to do it, do it in this game, but... I personally wouldn't do it, but I'm not Steve Diamond, as I've said so many times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, should we move on to the bench? Uh, so, I'm just going to run down these you know, super quick. Uh, James has Curtis Langdon at 16, uh, Bevan Rod at 17, Jake Cooper Woolley at 18. Um, by the sounds of it, Bevan Rod is a, is a delight to watch. So, yeah, let's get him on the bench. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Langdon because I think he's been pushed out a bit by Vandermeer and Reber. And, yeah, Cooper Woolley not had enough game time. So definitely on the bench, if not starting. 
Yep. And then uh, in the sort of, sort of back rows, Josh Beaumont and Dan Dupria. Yeah, I think that gives us a really good flexibility between second row and back row there. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I, de- I definitely think more of Dan Dupria is better. Um, him and John Luke are absolutely immense. So, yeah. And Beaumont deserves to... I think he's the kind of player who can just play all season. Um, so, yeah. It's a very nice flexibility there as well, because in theory, you could replace uh, Postlewaite and Phillips with Beaumont and Dupree if you had to. Yeah. Or you could replace John O'Ross and Sam Moore yeah. if you needed to with them. It's, it's you know, a really sort of nice, nice sort of combination. Um, and then uh, the, re- the replacement backs that James has picked, um, uh, Papier at 21, Sam James at 22, um, no Rob Dupree in the squad, and then um, Marlon Yard at 23. Yeah, I mean, if if we had Rob Dupree at 10, I think that'd be a fine bench. If we don't, uh, I suppose it leaves us a little bit exposed. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, definitely Papi on the bench um, for me. I think he needs more game time from the showing on Saturday. Um, definitely, oh, I've said Yard would have starting. Um, and yeah, Sam James, I think, has played all three games so far, so probably a little bit of a rest would do him good, but we shall see. There, I think... That that would be a great team. I'd be really interested to see how that team went. I don't think it'll be quite like that, but um, we will see at some point later on in the week. Well, it is again. We you know we talked about it all the first couple of weeks of the season, but very exciting that Sale now have a, a group of twenty six or twenty seven players who could all conceivably start for the first team uh, in any competition, really. Um, and it's you know sort of it makes a nice change that we're sat here talking about playing the first team squad and we don't necessarily know who's who's going to be on the team sheet because you know because of our, our options and our depth um you know and, and to that extent there's even a couple more players that i know james wanted us to mention um teddy leatherbarrow he's uh, james reckons he might have an outside chance of getting some game time at seven especially if ben curry's not playing i think he might just be saying that because leatherbarrow followed us on twitter this week yeah. um so you know might just be you know tip for tat uh, issue as well, no sign of uh, Cameron Neal um, in any of the games so far. Not necessarily getting a getting a look in. Don't know if it's an injury, um, but yeah, not uh, not not not, uh, not not been involved with the twenty three at the moment. But again, sort of speaks to the speaks to the depth we have uh, uh, at, at the club. Um, sort of similar with Sam Moore, but we touched on that as well. And obviously, James is obviously wants to talk about Kearney always stays and playing at one, but we've we kind of covered that one off already. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see Teddy Leatherbarrow. I can't remember what game I watched him in, but he looked really good. Uh, it might have been, it might have been that when we got absolutely battered at Worcester in the uh, Premier Cup last year. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Cam Neal. End of last season was similar, wasn't it? So we shall see. I think he's sort of when you look at his sort of age group. Um, you know, James Flynn's gone now, um, and most people have either kind of kicked on or or yeah. dropped down to the Championship. So. George. George Knott's gone. Yep. Um, so it's it's an interesting one, isn't it, where he sort of fits. Um, I, I absolutely love him at six. I still think there's a massive place for him, but our back row is now very crowded. So, um, yeah, we, we shall see. Um, but, he, you know, he's he's still a really good player, so hopefully he, he turns up soon. Yeah. Well, cheers, James. That's, that's quite neatly covered off our discussion about the team that Sal might play uh, against London Irish at the weekend. Um, let's move on to the next bit, talking about some predictions. How did we do last week? Uh, that is a very good question. Where did I put them? <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've dropped that on me. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, I'll, here we are, here we are. Uh, yes, Lewis, Sale 37, Wasp 21. James, Sale 13, 2, Wasp 19. Alex, Sale 50, Wasp 12. So I think James takes that. Um, yeah, a little bit optimistic there. Yeah. How do we do with our uh, crowd predictions? I don't know. Do we know the actual crowd? Yes, uh, we do. Oh, have you've got it. it. Hand here, the, the stated attendance, obviously taken with yep. a pinch of salt, uh, was 6,809, which is have. an absolutely fantastic attendance for a Premiership Rugby Cup game. Yeah, absolutely. So you win that with 5,500 as your prediction. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant crowd um, from the first minute you could just hear them get behind the team died a little bit when we sort of you know tailed off but then really picked up again at the end um, massive fan of the three pound ticket initiative for these two games it's worked really well it's got a load of people in and it's kind of you know when you look at around the ground it was actually fine on Saturday yeah um, I think for most people when I came in it was absolutely fine when you know last time wasn't as good but um coming in 
on Saturday, just in and out, no, not too much issue. Um, and the atmosphere is fantastic, so big fan of that. Let's keep doing that um, as much as possible, I think. Obviously, there are very specific circumstances in which you, you could you know, readily apply that £3 ticket deal. It isn't necessarily something we expect to see from sales all season long. But, I mean, we, we sort of mentioned it last week, but... You know, it's a credit to the club and it's a credit to the marketing department. Um, I know a lot of sales fans that I've talked to sort of, you know, in real life as well, not just on Twitter. You know, they're, they're, they're avowed fans of it and it's got them talking. It's got them talking to their friends and it's got them talking to their work colleagues and, you know, telling them about this great deal, you know, to see good quality rugby um, between, you know, two two very good teams. And I know very specific circumstances, but, you know, it's, it's, it's worth you know, highlighting when, when the club have, you know, sort of hit something, you know, on the head and a £3 ticket initiative to get people in the stands, um, you know, was very well thought out and, you know, very sort of ambitious in terms of, you know, how you, you're actively being aggressive and going out to people. And obviously it's backed up by the fact that, you know, what was our previous record for a Premiership Rugby Cup or Rugby Shield or whatever the previous iteration was? It must have been about four thousand, maybe. So the fact that you're getting nearly seven thousand, which is more than we had for Premiership games last season, is a testament to the sort of foresight and the sort of you know aggressive marketing that that Sale have done to get ahead of something and actually, you know, uh, you know, you know, fill seats. Yeah, absolutely, and and the atmosphere is brilliant, and just I think. Um, Hopefully those people come back for the Gloucester game. There's there's nothing more the club can do. I don't think you know that there is literally nothing more they can do. So um, they've done really well. It's worked really well. Let's hope people want to come back for Gloucester on the nineteenth because that will be a massive game and you know our strongest team will be going out. And I think what's helped is putting out strong teams for these two home games. It's worked really well. So yeah, um, very encouraging for me and a really positive note to probably wrap up this pod on. I guess Absolutely. unless there's anything else you've got. Um, uh, just one one last thing one last bit of housekeeping um, but I'll come to that in a, in a moment um, we should do a score prediction for the London Irish game I'm not going to try and predict the crowd because it's at the Mad Stad and you know that's a ridiculous stadium for rugby um, but obviously going off the strength of the two teams from last week I'm going to sort of tentatively say Sale 27 London Irish 19 you know we should in theory have uh, enough to pull away and get a win and, and secure a home semi-final as the first seed in the Premiership Rugby Cup. Excellent. I'm going to go Irish 15, Sale 30. I think, yeah, I'm I'm anticipating a good win. We'll probably both be completely wrong, but, um, you know, you did all right. We all got the right result last week, so hopefully um, the, uh, the margin of victory is more accurate this time. Absolutely. Well, obviously... Speaking of numbers, the final thing I want to mention on the pod this week. So I want to say a big thank you uh, to everyone who's helped us hit 1,500 followers on Twitter. Um, for those of you who've been following this chat time for a couple of years, you know, obviously it's something, um, it's, it's a platform that we engage most readily on. Um, and it's the platform that we are the most sort of committed to sort of building up because of the ease of interaction that it allows us with our fans and our listeners and, and, and fellow supporters of the club. Um, over the weekend, we we sort of had a bit of fun with doing some sort of player polls and doing some sort of player um, like sort of like brackets and getting people to sort of get engaged with um, our account by encouraging likes and retweets. And obviously, it's all sort of done with obviously, you know, we're, we're going to be transparent. It's all about building our following so we're able to um, reach more sale fans and, and pre- present you know sort of a, a dive, you know sometimes divergent, sometimes supportive you know view of the view of the club that sort of helps you know build up a, a more accessible environment for for new and old sale fans to you know sort of get in dialogue and talk about the team and build up interest in the team because at the end of the day you know that's what we're sort of committed to doing and, and obviously running player polls on twitter is, is a means to an end for that so we want to say a massive thank you um to everyone who got involved with that that actually really took off a lot better than uh, we were expecting uh, i know jason robinson is probably looking at his twitter thinking i'm a very popular guy um, because he, his tweet in particular blew up. Um, but obviously, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who got involved, who did like, who did retweet, who did engage with us on Twitter, because it meant uh, we, we, you know, we hit our uh, we hit our goal of hitting fifteen hundred followers. And obviously, <laughs> given that we we spend a lot of time talking about uh, sales uh, attendances and you know getting four or five thousand, uh, you know, a week even in the in, in the Premiership, you know, to have you know a substantial. Uh, portion of, of sales regular attendees 
following us on Twitter is obviously something we're super proud of and obviously something we're incredibly grateful um, to all our listeners and followers for, for helping to facilitate. Um, so just a massive thank you. And obviously keep an eye out for um, some more player polls coming in the future. Um, and we've got you know, quite an exciting idea to maybe do like a little all-time like player tournament bracket thing where we sort of work out just who is the real sort of heroes of, uh, of sales history and who's been perhaps the biggest uh, who has perhaps the biggest cult following. Um, so something to look out for potentially over Christmas, but that's kind of a fun initiative we're starting to think about now. So, uh, Alice, is there anything you want to you want to mention before we sign off for another week? No, nope, just echo all that, all 1,520 of you. Even if you're a Russian bot, we still love you. Um, yeah, so um, looking forward to growing as the season goes on, and hopefully um, we will have a successful season to go with it. Um, yeah, we'll see how the London Irish game goes. And then might be seeing you for a home semi-final in whatever it is, February time. Exactly. Well, we'll be back next week to dissect the London Irish game and hopefully look forward to, to as Alex said, the Premiership Rugby Cup semi-final in about four months' time. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.